company, we have a particularly special obligation, both regulatorily and morally, to our public shareholders. Uh, that fiduciary responsibility comes in the form of, one, having to have a board of directors, having to have a board of directors that is composed of a large component of independent directors who are not insiders with the company. Uh, we have an obligation to look after the financial interests, have committees such as the audit committee, which I, which I chair, uh, that is composed of independent members that supervises the financial reporting and activities in relationship with the SEC and our, and our auditors. Uh, at the end of the day, it is our responsibility that we serve uh, the interest of all constituencies that, that we serve, uh, adhere to law and, and regulation, and report regularly on uh, our obligations uh, publicly uh, to the SEC, our auditors, and the, and the like. Uh, at, the, at the end of the day, it is our job to help govern and help guide management. It is management's jobs to, to run the company. Sometimes those uh, things uh, get interwoven, uh, but there's generally speaking a, a pretty clear distinction relative to what our obligations are in serving your interests as employees, as customers, as agents, as, um, uh, as any constituency that the, uh, that the company serves. Great, thank you. Uh, Gene and Susie, um, without giving away any privileged information, because none of us want to go to SEC jail, can you just tell us in general, how does the agent voice happen within a board meeting? I'm kind of curious to understand a little bit, when you're discussing some of the matters that, that Randy just mentioned and, and other things, you have an opportunity to represent everybody out here. What kind of th things do you, do, do you talk about when you're in a board meeting? That's a great question, and you know, um, I, I just want to say working with these gentlemen and the rest of the board has been such a, an amazing experience because when we say that we're agent-centric, what it means is we're agent-driven, meaning the agent's voice drives a lot of the decision-making, you know, held against what is important financially for the company, sustainable. And so a lot of times when we're talking about something that's, you know, a change or something we need to do, Randy or one of the other gentlemen will say, oh, Susie, what do you think? What will the agents, how will the agents take this? And so I want you to know that every decision that we make is made with how it's going to impact you and how, how, you know, how it could hurt you or how it could better your business. And really, that's, that's what our voice is there for. So, it, you know, Glenn's Vision was a company, and, and Jason too. I, you know, one of my first meetings with Jason was just about agent obsession, agent obsession. And so, so everything we do is to help you be more successful. Uh, I can't say it any better than Susie just said. I will, I will add this, is that uh, Glenn's vision was to always have two agents on the board. And I think we're going to adhere to that, hopefully, forever. Uh, and you can tell people, well, what's the company about? Well, you know, we have two agents on the board. And he told me, I think it was UPS or UBS or UPS, always has like two drivers on the board or two truck drivers on the board. Mm, you know, when smart. I think about it, it's just not a board of directors where, you know, it's so exciting to me just to represent the agents. And, and, and most importantly, right, you know, when I joined the company, we were around 3,000 agents. Now we're 23,000 agents and on our way to something astronomical. It's, it's hard for the decision makers up at this level to, to have their finger on the pulse without um, being able to collect that agent voice. And so, you know, to, I, I've never been in a company, it's almost sometimes I have to check myself. I've never been in a company, a real estate company, that actually cared what the agents thought. 
You know, I've been in the companies where the agents come up and I'm the manager and someone knocks on my door, well, Susie, we should be doing this or we should have this tool or that tool. And I tell the owners, they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, not interested, just what's the bottom line. This company actually really cares. And, you know, I want to stop calling it this company. We are EXP. We, all of us, are in here together. And that was, yes, thank you. It's not the company. We are the company, just like we are the government. But that's a whole other subject. Let me ask you two one more follow-up to that, though. You've talked about that you represent the agent voice, which is, I'm sure, valuable for, for the rest of you on the board. Does it ever work the other way, though, where you come in with the agent voice, and then, how can I put this, that, that the rest of the board maybe makes you smarter, and you're like, oh, there's another aspect to this business that we didn't think about, and that could have a domino effect in terms of, of the financial numbers or how we report, or does it also happen that way too? No. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I would say this, everybody always assumes, I, first time in my life I've been on a board of directors. I mean, it's, it, and I had to learn what to say and what not to say. I love to do forecasting, as you know, a lot of you will go, Gene, where's the company going or whatever, and I, as a board member I can't say numbers. I can't project because they go, you're on the board. So what's exciting to me when I say we represent the agents, we really do. We really do. When I say that, it's agent-driven, agent-owned, and that's really what Glenn, you know, Glenn's not here, Jason's not here. They always talk about it in the board. It hasn't changed. It has not changed at all. Everybody says, oh, when you get bigger, it's going to change. I said, no, I don't think it's going to change because we haven't changed. We've got the same ideas. Randy asks me all the time, hey, Gene, how's this gonna affect the agents? What's gonna happen? It's always about you and us. So don't worry about that. Don't think of it, oh, that's corporate. You know, I used to think that, didn't you do so? We got you, we got you. As long as I'm there. Uh, Darren, let me, let me ask you, you've known Glenn for a long time, so my favorite questions. Let's hope he's not in the room, okay? Uh, how has Glenn changed over the years, or has he? How's Glenn changed over the years? Glenn, yeah, Glenn and I go back a few years. You know, Glenn has built a very strong core team around him. Um, for the Canadians and, and some of you who like hockey, I'll use the analogy, Glenn is like Wayne Gretzky. He knows where the puck is gonna be before the puck is gonna be there. <laughs> great, great accurate analogy to understand Glenn. He's a visionary. Uh, and what I've noticed about Glenn is, is over the last few years where he's matured and grown is, you know, delegating responsibility but maintaining control because it's his vision of where he wants to go. But also picking people around him that understand his vision and getting the integrators around him, visionaries, and understanding where he, where he can go towards he can level up and skill up and expand to go forth what he wants to do. I look at him as like another Steve Jobs, like a Bill Gates, like an Oprah. Uh, you know, he is somebody who's in my opinion, a genius level, Glenn Sanford is, of where he is and having the right people around him to bounce ideas back and forth, to collaborate through a collective intelligence. Uh, but when you look at Glenn in private, he deeply, like, you know, Glenn is a techie, he loves technology, but, you know, from a heart level, he deeply cares, deeply cares about the agents. And I think what keeps him up at night is wondering, are the agents being taken care of? And I think a, a core principle or philosophy that maybe Glenn doesn't express verbally, but I would say collectively as a, as a board and as a, as a group, as a company, 
that Glenn really believes that if you take care of the people in the organization, they'll take care of the company. And he believes that to the core of who he is. He once, uh, Glenn has a boat and he gave me a glass of wine, so I felt like I was being taken care of. It was great. Um, Dan, I, I think the way you came to the board is, is kind of interesting to me in that one of your first experiences, I think, in person, you sat in an audience just like this. I, I remember meeting you. I think it was my first week at the company. We sat at a table together at lunch, I think. Uh, tell us about, if you can remember back to the before time, like sitting out at our shareholder event and, and being at an event like that and kind of sitting in the audience and, and what struck you back then and have, has that delivered kind of now that you're on the board? So what struck me most when I came to my first EXP event, and I suspect struck many of you as well when you came to your first one, was the, the passion that the agents have, the excitement that the agents have, and how much all of the EXP management team and everybody involved in the company truly cares about the agents. Uh, I, I had the great opportunity um, at that first shareholders that I attended to, to speak with Many, uh, many agents who joined from other brokerages and hearing the way that EXP had changed their lives, um, had helped them to sell more homes, helped them to be able to share the opportunity with other agents, um, was, uh, was, was really something special, and something that, um, that I don't see often as an investor. Yeah. Um, and that's very much remains the same to this day. Um, I think, if anything, it's only, um, it's only become more so because at the time, uh, I think the company had around 2,000 agents, and there are many, many things uh, that the company has been able to build and do, um, and many great folks the company has been able to add to the management team uh, to help you know, chart what is really um, a, a first of its kind to be a nationwide, you know, tech-enabled, uh, totally officeless brokerage. There's, there's a lot of ground that the company needs to break in terms of how it does things and building software to enable it to do things that no other brokerage is doing. And so, you know, at the at the time, the, the kind of leap of faith that agents were taking in terms of where the company was going to get to, um, frankly, is less than, the, than is necessary today. And so the risk is less, the excitement is more, and, and I think that, um, that everybody's heart has absolutely stayed in the same place throughout. Great. Um, I think one of the things that makes this board fascinating to me from working with a few boards in my career is that all of you are around invisible. You're not up in some conference room for four hours or you're not playing golf right now even if you want to. You're here in this panel and available to everybody. You've been walking around all week. Um, I'll ask you about people you've met in a second, but first I'd just like to get your thoughts on Maybe some of the things you've seen on the stage or in meetings, uh, things you have heard either uh, Glenn say yesterday or Jason say, or we just showed a video. Like, what are some of the things you've seen so far that maybe have struck you that you're like, well, that's that's a big deal. Dan, can I start with you, and we'll just go down the road. Absolutely. So, so I know there's a lot of different things that that you all have heard about over the last couple of days, and uh, many of them are exciting. Uh, I'll, I'll highlight one, which is Express Offers. Um, as, uh, as I'm sure you already know, that's the platform that will enable agents to be able to submit um, their um, uh, home sellers' homes to a platform and then iBuyers can basically submit bids in order to be able to give your clients more options. And um, there's, there's two things that I think are really exciting about it. First is that 
it's a first of its kind platform to be able to quickly and efficiently uh, get home sellers, hopefully multiple offers, as many as are available, and EXP's enabling that. So I think it's gonna be great for agents and great for your home sellers. Um, the second reason that I'm really excited is I think that there's tremendous financial opportunity in Express Offers for EXP, the company. Um, we made a very deliberate strategic choice to build a platform to connect iBuyers with agents and home sellers as opposed to becoming an iBuyer ourselves, um, like many other companies in the real estate industry have done. And that, um, that comes in part informed by uh, an, an insight in some analogous uh, internet-based industries, such as, for example, the travel space, where it turns out that Priceline is actually a more valuable company than any single hotel company or any single airline, which in many ways is counterintuitive. But if you are an iBuyer, one of your biggest costs and one of your biggest challenges is being able to reach home sellers. That's why we all get those pamphlets in the mail asking if you want to sell your home to an offer pad or an open door. And so if we can help those iBuyers to be able to connect in a cost-efficient way with home sellers, it's actually extremely valuable to them and can create a great amount of value for them, which also is an opportunity for the company to be able to capture that in terms of fees that it charges. So I think it's a kind of win-win-win all around. It's something that's really exciting. Okay, Randy, same question. What have you uh, seen on stage or in a meeting that has uh, got your interest? Yeah, you know, a couple of things. I think at the, at the highest level, picking up on, on what Dan alluded to uh, and expanding that a little more broadly, I think what you're seeing now with respect to the kind of announcements that we are, are making relating to affiliated services, whether it's iBuyers or Intralet and a variety of things like that, are a signal that as a company we believe we've matured to the point insofar as where we are on the scaling curve, that we can now offer the range of opportunities that extend your capabilities as an agent to offer your clients more in the way of services and retain that client for the long haul. Uh, from a financial standpoint, that gives us more diversity of our revenue streams, uh, greater opportunity to create uh, revenue through higher margin opportunities, all of which serves the potential valuation for the shares. Uh, and, and take it a little bit further, uh, Mitch, since you kind of appended the question and I think where you indicated you were going to go next. What has been really great about this, this week in particular, and, I, and, and, and every time we have one of these, I'm always struck by the, the engagement and the enthusiasm of our agents and, and why they're here and, and how EXP has changed so many lives. Um, I have met probably more as a percentage of the new people I've spoken to at this conference than in others, more people who have been with the organization for less than 12 months. Even a couple of days, even folks who haven't yet made a decision. Um, and I would say in probably 80% of those contacts, that contact was initiated by that agent and not by me. Uh, I'm hearing so much about how people feel about this culture. I was particularly struck uh, having attended the Can Canadian meeting yesterday at the passion and enthusiasm so many of these folks expressed, most of which are relatively new to the organization given our expansion in Canada. Uh, but following that meeting was walking out with a, uh, with a couple of the women who were talking a little bit about how long they've been here, what attracted them. And oftentimes in conversation, people will drop a name. It was, it was Glenn that influenced them. It was, it was Jason, it was Gene, it was Brent Gove, it was, it was whomever their sponsor was. Uh, but it, 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 and this really resonated. Um, the rev share was great, the stock opportunity was great, the commission payout was great. 
but what really attracted them and what really stuck with them. Gretchen, you and I had the same conversation uh, with the, and, and, and Melissa a, a while ago as well, that the culture embodied by this organization that included integrity and transparency and those sort of things were, were what really motivated you to make the move. The icing on the cake was all of those other things, but to work in an organization that was so different than the kinds of organizations you've worked in before is what attracted you here. And that this is an organization, you've heard that from many people on stage, we've had uh, agents up here who are single agents and aspire to be nothing more than their own boss, their own agent, that's it. Uh, you've heard from influencers who brought in many people into the organization. Uh, you've heard from large teams. You've heard from uh, icon agents. And what this is is an organization with a multiplicity of constituencies that we as a board, we as a management team, we as staff have an obligation to deliver the range of resources, services, and tools to give you each an opportunity to be successful in the kind of business that you want to pursue. And that this is a home for anyone who wants to build a successful practice in, in real estate. And so what I hear Mitch a great deal in terms of the underlying messages that people are delivering is that there's a broad range of reasons that people are here, but the core of that rests on the very principle that we have a unique culture that, that draws you here. And that we, as, a, as like I said, as a board, as a management team, and as a staff, have a, an obligation, and we are committed to giving you every resource available to make you the best real estate agent that you can be, or the best attractor that you can be. Okay, thanks, Randy. Great. Darren, again, what have you heard on the stage or, or uh, meetings you've been in? What, what's the word? You know, the other night at the uh, annual gala that we did here on stage here, I think it was Wednesday evening, and seeing the Humanitarian and Philanthropy Awards was really moving for me, just to really experience and see the dedication that the agents do in their communities in terms of making a difference and really wanting to serve and support and help people. Um, that really touched me in regards to how much the agents, and, and we come in here and a lot of people are new, and you know, sometimes I, I said yesterday in the Canadian meeting that uh, we feel like we're a misfit when we're out there in public because we don't fit in. We come here, it feels like our tribe or our family or our community here, being in the EXP family around the world. Uh, you know what's interesting was uh, Phil Hahn. I don't know if Phil's in the room right now. I just saw him a little bit ago. But Phil, Phil Hahn is um, zipping around on a scooter. And Phil, just the night before coming to the, the conference here, he injured his foot and was advised, I believe, medically not to go anywhere. But he was committed. And what really shows is that, you know, are you committed to your commitment? And you know, Phil was committed, and he's like, okay, I gotta, I gotta go to Las Vegas, you know, I've got people going there, I've got people count on me, I wanna learn, I wanna grow. And so he made the decision to fly from Vancouver, Canada to here, and got a scooter here from the hotel to zip around in a scooter so he could be here. And I think what's really exciting with some of the conversations with a lot of the people I've met here in the last few days is the story of how you got here, right? Some people, you know, I've met people who are on their last financial dollar, they're new to real estate, they're all in, all skin in the game, and they're not sure, but they're, they're hungry to learn and grow and develop. Um, people bunking and roommating with other people. Um, you know, I, I know myself from the past, when I've been to conferences, there was times financially where I didn't have the money, so I carpooled other people. 
And looking back and reflecting on my life, some of those are the best experiences. It's, it's a collaboration, that 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 hour. I spoke to somebody yesterday who drove 17 hours one way to get the intelligence of that mind sharing, that brain compounding that happens in this room. And I believe that we're never the same person once we come here because we see different examples of, of role models and mentorship. And you see people living extraordinary and remarkable lives. And, and, and it's interesting because I've seen some people that are here that brought their family, brought their children. What a great environment to grow up in. You know, to be by the pool or be in these environments or get around other leaders and to, to learn by example and to see what's possible to stretch your imagination, your mindset. And I think it's really great because, you know, I always think it's important to touch your dream and to dream build. And every one of us in this room has a story. And I think it's important that sometimes for some of us, we gotta believe, we gotta see it before we believe it. We gotta have verifiable evidence. And I think it's great to come into the room here when you see certain people and you start having a conversation with them or you go up and you introduce them to, you, to them um, and you're like, oh my gosh, they're just like me. You know, you, you see some of these people up on the stage here and you think, oh my gosh, I wanna be like them. And I remember years ago, I would go to an event and I would put people on the pedestal and I'd put myself in the pit. Some of you can relate to that. I would minimize myself and say, oh, it must be nice for them or if they can do that. And then what I realized when I pushed myself to get around these other people, and I thought, wow, they're just like me. I can be just like them. We can do this. We can make things happen. So I think being here really expands the dream of what's possible for you and your family. And also, I think not only from a, um, an opportunity to personally, professionally grow and develop, some of you are in this room because you want generational wealth. Some of you want to help your churches, you want to help charities, you want to help families, you want to help foundations. Some of you want to make a difference in your kids' lives. Some of you just want to buy back time with our business model so you can spend more quality time with your family. I've met people, one thing that stood with me was the other day, a lady told me, she said, coming to this company, she saves 20 hours a week from commuting. Well, she now spends with her daughter. So what's the value proposition? What's the financial, you know, what's the return on investment for that? How much is that worth in terms of financial dollars? Her, her buying back 20 hours of her life to spend with her daughter. So it's a unique model of what we're doing and a lot of people don't understand it, but as they start to get more and more educated, right, they start to see that we're starting to transcend and change the, the real estate market in the game. Uh, you know, it, it's, we're in exciting times right now. If you look at the screen right behind us, this is about the size of the meeting room that we had in Chicago just a few years ago. <laughs> right? Now you look at we're in this big conference room. So I'm really excited about just everybody's story that's in this room. And, you know, sometimes we think that because sometimes with real estate, emotions are up and down. It's like a roller coaster at times. We're getting hugged and we're getting slugged and things are going like this. But the cool thing is, is no matter how times sometimes get difficult, there's always somebody who has another story, right? I, I'd love to someday get everybody together and say, let's talk about our worst real estate story. <laughs> and just hear, just hear the stories that come out. So I'm very grateful for each and every one of you because at the end of the day, you voted with your wallet and your purse to be here today. You put your own financial skin in the game. You made a financial decision out of your own hard-earned dollars to make a priority, to value your time. Because every one of us in this room is doing one thing. We're qualifying our time. We're qualifying our time. And I want to acknowledge each and every one of you for being here because you qualified your time to be here. And that says something. And it speaks volumes for you, your family, and what you're doing for your life going forward. And you're here to make a difference because 80% of success is showing up. Great. Thank you, Derek.
Do I really have to follow that? Um, all right, well, it's funny listening. I'm like, oh, that's what I was gonna say. That's what I was gonna say. Because honestly, I've been sort of in observation mode for the past couple of years since I got here. And I, I have to say, when I joined, I definitely was completely cynical, like, this can't be true. This really can't be true. And the one thing that really stuck out for me came from yesterday, the one EXP panel that was up here. And just talking about how that kind of came to be, and when I noticed one of the slides that you had up, Mitch said, you know, this group, that group, this group, that group, and in big yellow letters it said, create your own. And I'm like, hmm, that's really interesting. You know, I've heard it told before that we don't want any more groups because it's unmanageable. Last year it was 700. Glenn said it was 2,500 workplace groups yesterday. And it struck me, we are actually living our core value of collaboration. The things that you saw here this week, and if you're new to the company, uh, one EXP, that's not something, something the company created. That's something that some agents said, hey, we need to have more um, visibility around uh, diversity and inclusion. So some agents came up with that group, and now it's initiative. Um, the EXP Power Girls, the company did not create that. Some ladies started that group. And so, from a collaborative standpoint, I, I've never been in an environment where someone has an idea and they throw it out there and all of a sudden it becomes this, um, you know, a movement. Uh, the other one is the iHeart EXP, which is, you know, here's our, here's our way to give back to our communities, but in a national, organized fashion. Someone organized, all agent-led, agent-driven stuff. And so to me, the collaboration and the collective intelligence, you said it really well, um, so many of the things that we see happen here are your ideas come to life. The videos, right, Mitch? Like, yep. that's, that isn't something, Mitch probably sat around and dreamed about that two years ago, maybe not. But, you know, the company is so responsive to what we want. And I think about two things stand out for me. Our, our leader, Glenn, who, you know, I am in total alignment with what you say, his heart. My, fir my first impression of Glenn meeting him at the vision retreat a couple years ago in Semiyama, where, you know, a room of maybe about 30 or 40 people were trying to come up with a vision and, an, and a tagline, and I say, Glenn, I don't know you. What were you thinking when you started this company? And he just said, well, I see agents, you know, they get done with their careers, they work their butts off, they have their last paycheck, and they're done, and they have nothing. I wanted agents to have a way to retire from this business. And the only thing I could think of when we were sitting around brainstorming for a tagline or a vision was this guy actually loves people. And you say care, I say love. That's I, I saw like hearts coming out of his head when he said that. You know, like he doesn't know us personally, but he actually truly cares as a human being. Um, the other thing struck me from, I think it was at shareholders or maybe this event last year, where Glenn said, I'm looking for the citizen developers. And I'm not a tech person, I'm more the culture person. I care about the core values and that we live that. But, but really what he was saying is, the best ideas are gonna come from our constituency and we will, and we will put the best ideas in, in play. And so when I think about what I saw yesterday, create your own group. EXP is we. We are co-creating this experience together. Sometimes it's not perfect because just like any organization, any family, any person, we all have continuous improvement. 
And you know, sometimes at the board level, we're talking about those things that need to be course corrected or something cultural or things that need to be handled. And it's never, Glenn never says, my way or the highway. He says, let's take it back to the agents and get some ideas and brainstorm with them on how to fix this together. And so to me, coming from 21 years in the business, being cynical when I got here because I've never heard leadership ever really give credence. You know, other companies had their core values lit up on the wall, this and that. That's for us, the agents. That's not for the leadership. No, they, they are, we are, we are walking the talk here at EXP. And I'm so glad to be in business with all of you, learning every single day from everybody that I'm with. I'm, I'm constantly blown away. love these events because I just have so many great ideas and inspiration from being with all of you. So, thank you. What was the question? <laughs> The question was, what did you hear up on stage? Yeah, what have you heard on stage that's kind of grabbed you this week? I just heard, I bet you when you looked and said, do I go to the board of directors breakout or do I go to an agent breakout where I can learn how to sell homes? The most important thing I heard all week is you understand from these folks right here, right now. Because I could imagine people went, board of directors? Why would I want to listen to those folks? No, seriously. Are you kidding? Are they just going to talk about the stock again? Are they just going to talk about stuff? I got news for you guys. This is We are creating a brand new company. This is our company. So I really hate, I wish we did this. I wish we weren't up on stage sitting up here because everybody's like, we, we all lived lives where the people were up there and we're down here, like you said, Darren, and oh my gosh, I can't wait to be up on stage. You are the stage. We are the stage. You have a great idea, bring it to us. And, and it, this is so different. It is so different that you've got to embrace. In fact, the, the fact is every, we all came from somewhere else, some other company. Those are all old-fashioned companies. They're just old-fashioned. Right? When I say that, they really are. Because I've been there, I've been in the meetings, I've been at a high level in different companies, and they pretend like it's the agents are gonna make a difference. Guys, you have an idea, bring it to us, we'll bring it to the board. I heard the most important thing right here today. Thank you, guys. Have any of you had any um, interesting conversations this week with individuals that you can share with us. We talked about kind of what's on stage and what of our efforts you're excited about. Um, you guys have been so nice to kind of just hang out. Who have you talked to? What, what have you learned? Or what's, what's going on out there? What are these people telling you? Can I start? Yeah. I'll just do two really quick because it's really important. One guy came up to me and says, Gene, I've been to all these conventions all my life. I've never sat by the pool. I'm going to go sit by the pool today because it's allowed. Does that make sense? Because this is, you do what you want to here. It was so striking to me that it was okay. The second thing, Mitch, is what you said in the very beginning when he opens up, he always does this. If your phone rings, answer it. It's okay. So the bottom line, it just strikes me every time I talk to somebody, they go, God, I never, I never got to go do this or do that because they always felt obligated to do what? be in those rooms where they were supposed to be. All right, anybody else? 
one that was incredibly striking to me, a gentleman, Nate Robinson, came up to me and shared that he was with a different brokerage last year and was struggling to sell homes, to find customers, and struggling financially, and decided to make the leap and join EXP this January, and that he's been able to 3X the number of homes that he sold this year. And yeah, that's huge. And that it's come through the mentorship that he's received and the collaboration that he's received from the Rev Share group that he's in. And he said it had changed his life and it, it, it was incredibly moving and made me so happy to hear because that's what it's all about. Great. Great. Yeah, you know, I've spoken with so many agents who've remarked that this business model has changed their lives. And in several of those conversations, people told their story very emotionally. And it's, it's a reminder of the responsibility, again, that we have as executives with this company to be mindful of who it is we serve and the impact that this company is having on the lives of the people that, 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 that we attract. And, and, and I won't name names, but there were some pretty emotional responses to why they're here, how it's made it different, how they've been able to grow their, their businesses, how they've been able to, what they've been able to do for their family and the like, what this culture means to them, and it's, it's pretty remarkable. Um, so when I was on stage, if you guys were awake and in here first thing this morning, I was joking about all the apps that are telling me different things. Have I had enough sleep? How many steps? Uh, but I didn't say I got a notification about our stock today, because I personally don't look all that often. I've had some of you out there, you're in workplace chat, and they'll say, hey, every time you do a press release, Mitch, the stock goes up. If I thought I had that power to do a press release every day, I've had other people say, you know when we have an event, the stock goes up. Have more events. So I guess I have a two-pronged question. I think I'll start with you, Randy, is uh, what impacts the stock and how often should I look at my phone to see how the stock's doing? Well, you know, given the fact that the stock has been down of late, I'm getting more of those kinds of questions. Uh, but the truth of it is, uh, we've all got better things to do every day to manage our businesses than to manage minute to minute what the stock is. Now, this is a company that provides a stock ownership opportunity. It, it, for some of you, it's a meaningful part of your holdings, and therefore, you're, you're, drawn, you're drawn to it. But the truth of it is, there's so much that we can't control relative to how the stock moves when you look at macroeconomic policy, when you look at what's going on from an industry standard uh, standpoint. Um, our obligation is to deliver on the promises that we make to operate this company effectively and profitably. And we believe then that the stock is going to take care of itself. If we spend an inordinate amount of time trying to manage our stock price, there are things, frankly, we could do and that some other companies do. But it's a distraction from the kinds of things that we need to do to ensure that we are sustainably gap positive, and that's directionally where we are, where we're headed. So the best thing we can do as your representatives to ensure that we get the best valuation we can for our stock price is to ensure that we're running the best possible company that we can we can run, that we are attracting the best talent that we can attract, that we are offering the tools and the products to you to expand your businesses that we're creating other high margin opportunities that we can draw into a diversified revenue stream. And if we do all that stuff and we do all that well, the stock will take care of itself. <coughs> and, I, and I think that's proven, as, as you all know, time and time again with all these companies, like we just know them. Uh, I think, Dan, you mentioned uh, Priceline at, at the beginning. Uh, 
Okay, it was employee 300 at Expedia. And there, are other, there were other companies in the online space back then that kind of managed to the stock. Let's see if we can get the stock up this quarter. Uh, companies like Orbitz, Travelocity, Hotels.com, um, Expedia owns Travelocity, Expedia owns Orbitz, Expedia owns all those companies now. And that's because that leadership team, which I was a part of back then, they told us as employees, they said, in fact, we kind of had a rule. Like, if you're looking at the stock, you're not doing your job. Like, build a long-term company and all good things will happen, which is, I think, what I'm hearing from. I, I like to speak to that one because, you know, back to Glenn's vision. This is my retirement, so I'm, I don't <laughs> think I'm ready to retire just yet. And the other part of that is, um, you know, inside, in, just getting to spend time on, at this level and getting to see the way Glenn's mind works. Obviously, we're all here doing something completely that's completely different, never been done before. And now that the rocket ship is really starting to lift off, I, I don't think we've seen where this thing is going yet. And so I'm, I'm just ignoring the stock. I have, I have a child that spends every day in the stock market day trading. It's like, don't tell me about the stock because I'm not selling it, so it doesn't matter. I can't say that. I can't say that, but I'm saying that as an agent. Um, so that's that's my I don't even know because I'm in this for the long haul my retirement Great. All right, this session is almost over, but I want to do a fun question here at the end um, This is has this been informative for all of you. Yeah, good session Great. Every morning like all of you I walk down through that mall that district and when you get a little close to this end There's the, the CBS Showtime store. Can you see it? Right? You can't miss it. That's on your left side when you walk down. On the right side, there's like this kind of billboard ad for all these different shows on Showtime. I think there's Big City, Shameless, and then there's a show called Billions. If you are on the show Billions, please raise your hand. So, uh, Randy, our board member, is on the show Billions. And can you just tell us in a minute, like, what's that all about? You're really on it a lot. Like, if you guys have Showtime, and then all of you are getting a free subscription to Showtime. Just kidding. No, I can't do that. <laughs> Wish we could. Tell us a little bit about it. <laughs> okay. It's actually kind of a, a, a fun story in terms of how it all, all evolved. I've never had any aspirations of being an actor. Never studied to be an actor. <laughs> um, uh, my middle son made me a bet about four years ago that I couldn't act. Uh, and so I made a couple of calls to get on a set to win a hundred dollar bet from my then 21 year old kid and I made him pay me, thinking that I would never do it again. Um, and uh, apparently what I did created enough interest that the phone started ringing and it led to any one of number of things. So on a show like Billions, I'm both a technical consultant, which is how my association with the show started, which then turned into a uh, recurring principal role which has expanded into other things. Uh, we're filming season three of The Sinner right now with Bill Pullman. Uh, I'll be on set next Tuesday with, uh, with him. Uh, I just co-starred a pilot called Smoke and Mirrors that we hope gets picked up. Uh, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. Uh, and I'm engaged in my first role as an executive producer for a show called, or a movie called A Mouthful of Air uh, that we're in the midst of filming uh, now and should wrap probably another three or four weeks that will be out sometime perhaps before the end of this year with Amanda Seyfried and Paul Giamatti and, uh, and Trudy Schuyler. Congratulations. Hey, Mitch, Mitch, I'm going to be uh, on a Zoom call next Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs>
know what I will say, we were at a meeting the other day and Mitch challenged everybody in the room that for five drink tickets, whoever could drag me in front of that, uh, that, that, that billboard for a uh, selfie would get five drink tickets. So that has turned into no less than probably 200 people <laughs> trying to drag me up, none of which was we were anywhere near when they did, but it's actually turned into something really quite remarkable because it's, it's led to conversations with people that I hadn't met before, that I might not have met at this conference before. Um, and for those of you who are still trying, there's one and only person who's been able to do that. That happened this morning. So I expect you'll get the request any time now. We will take care of it. You bet. You bet. Well, uh, please join me in thanking our board of directors for an amazing session.